We drink holy water only in this building. And the reason why I ask you the other interest question is because the whole idea behind Badgers and Jam is that I want to find people. I want to have comedians in every week if there's people who are free. But I also want to try and get people in here who aren't comedians but are like in the creative. Like I've been doing creative stuff for a long time. And so I have a lot of people who aren't comedians but could have conversations with us that would be really good ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. About things that we're doing or like comedians could learn that would help them market themselves. Mm. Which like I'm a marketer. And so I look at a lot of comedians and I'm like none of us have any money. And, and a lot of people don't have the skills to like do this stuff. And it's not that hard, but there's not a lot of good resources because people are really secretive about their process, which makes sense. And I have more to say about that, but I want to hear Emma's story first. So For yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I guess my, my comedy thing, uh, I don't know. I guess it was like, I mean, it's not like far off from Mark's kind of introduction to it where it was kind of like something I fell into. I was in high school, it was my senior year, and I had a friend, a few friends that were like, hey, we're going to go try out for the improv team, like, you want to come? And I was like, yeah, I don't want to go home, I hate being home, so they were like, this is just like a fun way to like spend some time after school and just go and watch the improv thing. So I went, I went with my friends that were really trying to get on the improv team, and I did the auditions, and I was just goofing around, I've never like taken class i didn't know anything about improv i didn't know how to play any of the games but apparently i did really well because i made it on the team <laughs> when none of my friends did that really wanted to be on the team and i felt very bad about it but i guess i guess i was funny enough so they put me on the team and honestly like my school it was i went to a really big school i think it was like my graduating class was somewhere around 800 kids i think the school in total was about like 2,000 people and so like our improv team was actually really good. Like it was one like one of those kind of like events like things that like a lot of people like be like performing comedy in front of an audience of like at least like 50, 60, sometimes 100 plus people. You know, like like a lot of people would like come out for the improv shows for some reason. And then I got really depressed <laughs> and I was just like I was doing a lot of, I had like I had a really shitty senior year where I went through an awful, like, friend group breakup and then an actual breakup. I, like, hopped mean. into, huh? The girls are mean. Girls are mean. <clears throat> well, I was also kind of going through some shit, so you know what? I don't blame any. I do not blame anyone for the way they treated me because I was also being an asshole. I, I understand that for sure. But yeah, it was, like, a really awful time. So, like, I, I, like, yeah, I went through, like, this friend group breakup and then I went through an actual breakup through like a weird rebound then then that fell through too and then I fucked a bunch of girls I was in another relationship get on him I was fucking another girl and then I don't know all this like stuff happened and I was doing a lot of drugs I was smoking a lot of weed and doing other things this is a fun side tangent the first time I did acid because we were talking about acid the first time I ever did acid was because I ran out of weed and I was like, I can't go to school sober. What the fuck am I supposed to do? And I had been given this tab of acid, so I just took some acid instead. <laughs> then I went to school. And then I found out that all my group partners failed doing the group assignment that we were supposed to do. So then I left school and I drove around town location scouting because that was the group assignment we had to do in the production class. And then I had a following out with that friend group. 
because of the cheating situation. That was ridiculous, and I got kicked out of that group. Anyways, this is all to say that I had an awful freshman year, and I did not do very good at improv whatsoever. I think my improv team also didn't like me that much because of the amount of drugs and, like, drinking I was doing because they were all kind of, like, nice, like, normal kids. I get that, yeah. I went through a phase in orchestra when, yeah, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking really loud and very fast because, like, it's almost, like, embarrassing. Like, I hate how much of a mess I was in this musical life. I was incredibly... I mean, I was, like, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So I was 17 for most of the year, and then I turned 18 at some nice. point. Yeah, this is high school. Yeah, this is my senior year of high school. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, I was on this improv team, and that was, like, my first introduction to improv. And I think, like, at some point after I graduated, I had just been watching a lot of stand-up online. I was like, wow. Who were you I watching? I, I was watching a lot of This Is Not Happening, the the Comedy sure? Central show with Ari Shafir, dude. And I fucking fell in love with Ari Shafir. Did you ever listen to his podcast? Sure. So it's over now. Yeah. The last episode just, I was devastated. I was listening to that and I was just like, bitch, what the fuck are you popping your pot? And like, it makes sense. Ari was the reason. I was love him the, so fucking much. Are you, I don't know if this is what you said, but this is kind of what I took. Is like Ari one of your like reasons for doing stand up, you say? For doing stand up? I guess podcast and shit. 100%. That's how I felt about Joe Ideas. Yeah, and like seeing him on like Joe Rogan and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, I just, and I mean, like, I feel like he does a better job when it's like his podcast like i can't really say that he does that well in like atmospheres for whatever reason i listened to a lot of joe rogan a lot of ari shafir's podcast early on and i feel like just like looking it's like a lifestyle kind of like idolization it's like not just like i want to be on stage and not be funny it's like i want to be like i want that lifestyle i want i want to travel around the passionate about and then i don't know like i kept telling myself when i turned 21 i'm gonna start doing that you know which isn't true if you're listening i guess and you're under 21 you can find a way you can find a place so i mean bill hicks i mean yeah there's like hella people just like like locally he he started comedy out here when he was there's a 17 year old kid i don't remember his last name but his name's riley up at the rec room all the time Look at branches. Yeah. His dad come. His dad just comes and watches him, and is his like bar escort. I think saw that I had done that. What did you drink? No, I'm at. Oh, okay. I mean, what are you? You don't have to do. Well, okay. My guess is just. Well, so yeah, so uh, yeah, this is my weird rambly story. But basically, yeah, then the pandemic happened. I turned 21 during the pandemic, and I was like, oh no, I missed my chance. So when the San Francisco scene started opening up mm-hmm. again the following year in 2022, I signed up for a mic over at Fame. And that was a great experience. Like, I think it was because, like, all the mics and everything was kind of starting to, like, represent inside buildings. Like, a lot of people were coming out and getting really excited. And it was also, like, a really cool time to get started because it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm jumping into the scene where everyone is, like, really, like, established like everyone was working out in nowhere literally everyone if you were a good comedian it was like oh we're all going to it felt like a really thing i just had a fantastic that place is so cool it has like a great around it thanks to broadway uh 
yeah that was that was my first open mic and it was it was genuinely fantastic like i would say there was like at least like 40 to 60 people and they just like my mic would like go well and have god what's his name i don't know the guy that does video it's like something roach eric eric roach oh my god what a genius a fantastic person would do like video recording at the mic you could like buy the set so i was like oh that's awesome i get to have like a like a high quality video of my first set ever and i like sent him some money and i emailed him like supposed to be like you know like whatever x amount of money thought whatever x amount of money he was like you had such a good set i think you should post it and i was like oh my god dude thank you <laughs> like it was just that's like awesome. such like a nice and after that, like, the rest is fucking history. I started doing comedy, like, two to three times a week for a while. And now I'm up to, like, started off with depression. No, there are a lot of common denominators. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There it is. Like, I, I'll your, your I don't know if I... Yes, I can. I don't know if I have. Um, I used to be a slam poet. Now I'm like, Emma included a lot of information about her love life. Impacted her mental processing. Like, what I want to share. Oh, God. It was. Well, it's like, I don't know. I feel comfortable saying it because, like, it's, like, stuff that I tell people. I don't really, like, withhold a lot of information about my life because, like, I feel like everyone does fucked up things. And to deny mm -hmm. that you've done fucked up things is kind of a disservice to others. Yeah. To yourself because then you like treat other people really harshly bad but it's just like you know what you make mistakes or yeah i agree i'm a gross oversharer not like disgusting gross just like a lot but you know it's fine now i've accepted it i have a podcast <laughs> i didn't uh, get embarrassed my face is a little red right now <laughs> no you're i mean i'll like, i guess mess. if i'm being honest about mine then there's there's some embarrassing pieces but i'll try to do it super but yeah i was a poet for a long time and like finally did slam poetry that was always a goal of mine but i mean really look there are poets that do happy poems but i was not one of those <laughs> poets you have to really like mine your emotions and like i actually got i mean everyone has depression now so i hate being like oh, i was diagnosed at this age because it's like when your parents have money to take you to a fucking doctor like if they do is when you get diagnosed <laughs> it's damn. not it's true. Can I do a sidebar? <laughs> yes. I tried so hard. I was so, I was doing so bad. And I was like, mom, like I need, like I should go to therapy. And she's like, you just want to go to therapy because all your friends are in therapy. And I was like, no, man, all my <laughs> friends hate me. I'm doing awful. <laughs> yeah. She was like, you want depressed? I'll show you depressed. And I was like, hey, mom, you need therapy too. All of our parents probably need therapy. That would probably help. All parents. For sure. That's the new mind. It's scary when you realize that you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, my family is, I love them and they're great people, but we had some very interesting, rocky times when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, so I'm just kind of emotionally weird. Like I always, I, you know, I'm super white and like stereotypical with the nose, whatever. So people always are like, this girl's probably fine. She's probably had it super easy, but there's been like some crazy things that have happened that are like super hard to summarize, but I mean, there's been just, like, things that I didn't know how to process, so I went to poetry. And then I was like, I'm depressing myself, right? Like, this isn't actually making it better. 
And then I went through this phase where I thought I was going to be really goth, which Raphael, my boyfriend Raphael, thinks is so funny. He's like, you're goth. I'm like, I'm not goth. Goth people would be offended. You said that. I was for sure an emo girl. Like, I was, I was like the wide net fish net, like, legging thing. Yeah. Or whatever. I was very into the scene aesthetic when I, when I was in high school. Well, you're two years older than me. I've been yeah. in that with a bunch of that I was like a new hair color every three weeks. Nice. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to, my parents wouldn't let me dye my hair, so I clipped in different color extensions. Uh-huh. So I could dye those however I wanted. Did I could do experiments bangs? on them. At one point, actually, when I was a little bit older, I cut my bangs like this. Bangs. But I had pinup girl bangs for all. I went through like a weird pinup phase. And then I obsessed over tattoos. I have tattoos. Because I started getting tattoos when I was young, I got them places I could hide them from my parents. So they're all under my clothes. <laughs> but I like I like dropped the, the bomb. Because my parents were always like, don't get tattooed. Never, ever get a tattoo. And I was like, haha, I have two. <laughs> yeah. I them probably like four-ish years after I got them. Oh, by the way, and like we, like, I mean, like talking about how such a cool lifestyle and stuff. Like I grew up in like suburban neighborhoods. I had my own equipment. Well, so like, you know, like even like swimming with my parents. Yeah. Thanks. Like I, I went to Las Vegas and then I photoshopped my thigh. Oh, I have a big God, like I so have a big funny. thigh piece and it wraps all the way around. And I went in with an airbrush and just. Yeah, <laughs> is that how you got into making flyers? Is that how you got into Photoshop? Okay, so Loki, yes, though. <laughs> Doing tricky shit like that was part of what helped me start designing event flyers. Yeah, because I also like I can Photoshop like I shouldn't say. <laughs> I can Photoshop like like I could do report cards seamlessly. Uh-huh. I can I can match text I can do pretty I can do any of that stuff. <laughs> so, I'm like trying but, to think like have I forged any documents? I feel like the answer is yes, but I can't think of a But I almost am pretty sure the answer. Is yes. I did it well. So my parents, when I was in college, they still checked my grades, which is like embarrassing to admit, right? But like I lived at home, and my parents were really intense. So my dad would ask me for them, and I got to a point where I was like, I'm an adult. And one one time, I faked it midterm and then i just made sure that i ended up dropping out of it's fine now sorry dad happy no it's not my parents are fine now that i dropped out of college but at first they thought i was so i once sold all of my things and moved out of a house into a trailer that i bought from a scrap trailer yard and I decided I was going to be a tiny house person. I had three dogs. I had a bloodhound, a pit bull, and a jack cheap pit bull. So <laughs> I used to res- <laughs> I used to live in the part of Phoenix that if you were going to call any part of Phoenix the hood, you would call that area the hood. And I rented like a hundred year old craftsman house for my friend's mom. And uh, like multiple break-ins occurred. Like this place, it was a lot. But I foster human aggressive dogs. They had a really big half acre backyard and it was a three bedroom house for $750. And I rented out one room to one of my good friends who's sadly no longer alive and he paid 250 flat. And so it was 500 plus utilities for me and my boyfriend at the time. So we split it. The rent was 250 oh. and uh, yeah, for a whole house. It's Arizona for you. But yeah, I lived in a, in a fun area. <laughs> it actually does have some cool spots. 
It's getting more expensive. That yeah, that area is um, like they've put a lot of really expensive apartments and stuff down there. And so the poetry community and the arts community used to be really strong and like crazy. First Friday in Phoenix when I was like this sound this makes me sound old, but when I was young, I just turned thirty. Right, like in like eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade. First Friday for me was still not as many booths and tables like there were artists selling their stuff but it was like people would open up their houses and a lot of the houses out there weren't clearly labeled businesses yet they weren't all converted into hipster cafes so people would just turn their like a space like this like very scrappy and they would hang art on the wall and play like electronic music and just put on strobe lights and there would be like weird people in the front yard drinking and just like doing weird dancing and there were like contortion artists sometimes out there in phoenix yeah (laughs) i would tell my parents i was going somewhere else and we would go down there and uh, just to see it and then as i got older it changed right like everywhere has and everyone pays and they have a booth and it's very i had a booth down with a company we had a big sign that me and an expo i live to create instead of before i die blank space and people Mm -hmm. would their answer. Some people were assholes and they would write like dicks, and then other people would say something like <laughs> or yeah, like you know babies or something. Sometimes like that. Phoenix is Florida is crazy as a whole. It's like the Austin. You know what I mean? There's yeah. There's a lot. There's a huge. There's a huge art. Yeah. That's what like drew, uh, drew me into pretty much every all of it was I just knew that that was the community I wanted to be a part. My mom's a fine artist. What the fuck does that mean? Fine artists are very like it's um, <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's it's Sounds like deep. it's it's not contemporary art usually. That I mean sometimes it is, but for them like you'd never see like a weird pile of bottles with like a name tag on it. And like a fine art show, it's like hyper realism or sculptures, you know, that look like a real, oh, it's you know, it's like real, like old timey style, you know, paintings and stuff. Like a lot of <coughs> not abstract. There are some abstract artists, but there's still like a really intense element of technicality to it, and it's very polished. I feel like I love to, I like to make abstract art because I'm not a fine artist. Right. right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Get it for sure. No, but I totally respect. You can. You just have to study it for years. Want to do anything? I know. That's why I didn't either. My mom can do incredible things. Where's my? I had her on my phone. I'll show you. Just quick shout to Dash Renault. He's listening to the podcast and giving me comments in my DMs right now. Hi, Dash. No, dude. He's grossed out that I made out with a junior. (laughs) Says that Mark needs a law degree. He told me to never have a pinup phase. Sorry, Emily. <laughs> I think pinup girls are hot. Uh, what else? Oh, Mark's voice is beautiful. He just needs to talk sense. That was the other comment. Okay, yeah. He posted in the fill in guest mutiny host. It doesn't make any fucking sense, comma, Mark. Listen, Dash. I get it, dog. You went to college. Know where to put a comma. I appreciate you for that. Go fuck your face, dog. I'm trying my best. This is, um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Give I me think a janitor I job at Google, please. So many posts. Shut the fuck up. I don't know where my phone is. I was gonna, I was gonna check and then find art pics. He knows all about fine art, though. 
I bet he does. That doesn't surprise. Did he wait? That Dash, you can respond in the Emma's chat or you can I call us. Like but get me pregnant. That would be he great. just sent Emma an eggplant. I have her. Phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What do I look? Like? Oh yeah. I did not. Don't Fine, worry. Out of there. <laughs> it's notifying me at the top. I'm not opening anything. Okay, we can take a. You, you can pee in the bathroom. Let's take. Please don't piss here. Let's take a break. I think I'm really Dash will come back. Thank you for listening. We're gonna take like a five minute break and play some Hobo Johnson, and everyone can Dude. pee and smoke a cigarette. You guys go go pee, smoke a cigarette. And then come back here and listen to this sick show because we're leaving at 7.30 again tonight because Emma and I are going to be at Comic Club at 8, which is going to be pretty dope. Um, yeah, honestly, that show's getting really good. And um, it's been fun the past couple times I've been there. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a cool bar. And yeah, I've been told. To marina, Comic Club in the Marina tonight. Tonight at 8. Great lineup. Mark won't be there, so you know it's going to be good. Mark says no. Mark says absolutely not. I. <laughs> what did you just say? Nothing. See, you know what? Also, I didn't respond very much to like your story, but fun fact for like mind-bending fact for non-comedian women, girl comedians like Joe Rogan and listen to his podcast. People are always like, "It's a red flag if a guy listens to Joe Rogan." I'm like, I like Joe Rogan. I, I listen. I. I do think he's gone. He has some problematic moments. Okay. I got Women it. listening, I have never listened to Joe Rogan in my life. <laughs> a lot more beer since I started comedy and eating a lot more fast food. So I do. Is Dash still listening? Dude, Dash was never listening. What was I about to show you? I was going to show you. I was going to show you. Oh, yeah. There's a text from my mom up. Uh okay. Those are dollar or one one dollar beers. I feel like they're less than a Okay, so this is is my volume down? I don't wanna oh no, now it's down. This, this is, is the fine this is like fine arts. My mom's stuff. This is the shit, huh? I mean there's all kinds of it, but she paints birds. Yeah, birds. Lots of birds. Paints birds, yeah. Which, fun fact, I have a two-hour playlist that every song on it has something to do with birds. Yeah, It's for when I play Wingspan. You'll see it game night. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Your mom... Oh, your mom's... Yeah. Okay, so... Why don't you have to say her first name is her last name? Yes. As if her first name's last name like my brother doing Trevor Neuer 2099. Right, right, yeah. She's she would really would love more people to see her stuff and she's trying so hard but she doesn't she does not understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, Dash, go follow my mom. <laughs> Both of your accounts. You'll like her. Yeah. Um I actually did write down questions that I was going to ask you guys. We already hit some of the things. I didn't write down that much because I figured we'd talk about a bunch of bullshit, too. We listened to Hobo Johnson for a while. Did we? 
We did. That was all that whole time. I got an ear beating from some fucking used to be comic. Dude, either do an open mic again or shut up. I don't know what to tell you. Get, get back to it or stop beating me to death. Would you? Is that all? He just wants to do an open mic? No, he just wants to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Dude. That's another reason that's why. True. That's you another. It's crazy nowadays. Is that's not even true. If you yeah. can buy a. I got excited like a week ago because I put twelve dollars from one. I was like, I broke ten. But that's because we split tips, not because I'm like haggling for twelve dollars with a guy. Like you know, I'm saying that for people listening who don't know, which I don't know dude. who that would be. But we, you know, I think gigging, mostly comedians probably. Gigging is not easy, dude. No matter what your gig is, right? Even if it's uh -huh. whatever your gig is, it's just not. It's yeah. Not easy. So that's like, this is kind of the whole point of the show, right? Is to find common denominators between between like this and other things, right? Mm -hmm. And like, there's like everyone in comedy has some level of just like a a boldness or like not you. You have to not really care if you like fail in front, right? Like you have to dude. you have to get over that. And like not in like a at a level where it's like oh but I still look pretty good to people it's like you have to be really okay with just like embarrassing the oh, fuck out of yourself in front of people and like loving it like that's the moment that you're like happy because you're getting the most laughs like you have to be totally fine with that and still like it actually in a fucked up way like increases your confidence because the laughter is like more what matters to you which I actually think is kind of kind of a cool like boost to self image is mm -hmm. like you can you connect with people in comedy. Like, it takes a lot of materialism out of performing, you know? Like, most people don't dress up. I love the comedians usually look weird. Like, half yeah. of the comedians I've ever paid to see look like they rolled out of bed. Like, when they walked in there. <laughs> and it's great. I'm like, this is sick. This is real life. It's good. <laughs> what were you going to say, Mark? Oh, okay. I was going to ask a question, but, I mean, it, it's relevant, I guess, but she's the comic that dresses up. Like, she has, like, the clown thing, and she goes, Wow. <laughs> well, I don't know. She's a comic, and she does. She's she does. She's in like the. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. She, when you said that, I was like, I thought that first, and then you you said with the the ending, the end of your sentence, it was like you're right. Uh, I, I I understood what you were saying. What I was saying was like not even relevant. So, well, <laughs> here we I are. see what. <laughs> I mean, people do. I've seen people draw. There was a guy that came here in a suit to do a mic once. Like people all do their different things, but I feel like a lot of. Yeah like not super hollywood polished comedians just like comedians who are true comedians right and then maybe later they end up in a movie but like their core career is not catering to like their image and appearance it's doing comedy they usually do not look super put together ron white is actually the comedian that <laughs> inspired me the most because my family loves ron white my sisters have known all the words the to his specials yeah like since they were t way too young to know like why they know the word i mean my family used to watch him all the time but well no well yeah of course but ron white has 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 used the same cadence and generally the same story for his major jokes his whole career but i didn't I know that I that's interesting well he's I'm like sure sober he's now and doing ayahuasca and he's very different i while i watched him on kill tony 
And I was like, uh. and then I saw his new special and I was like, I'm really happy for him. And I can see that he's still trying to lean into his thing a little bit, but it's just like not as authentic as it used to be. Right. You know, it used to be. Yeah. Like that was his shit all throughout the was all his shit. But eventually it was just like the same stories, the same right? This done a little differently. Aiden just always it was just evolving. Interesting. He was sexy and he was He's one of my favorites. Oh, cool. No, cool. dude. Billy Ball is one of my favorites. Yeah, I, sure. I love my dad used to take so my dad really is a general contractor from the joke like that's really what he does and he's always done that but he works for like a, a pretty large construction company and then he ended up like getting his own piece of that and now it's his anyway I grew up going on job sites with him like just sitting in the car because it's like he worked all the time and my dad always like he loves being funny that's his whole thing like he keeps I made a joke earlier when I got here because you were pulling stuff out of your purse, and I was like, I have warm nuts in my purse sometimes. My dad actually keeps warm, salted nuts under the seat of his car so that he can pull them out when people ride with him and go, do you want some of my warm, salty nuts? Like, he just, he thinks he's a, my whole life, he's just been fucking disgusting. We would be, like, in the Starbucks drive-thru, and my dad would be like, you see that woman over there? She makes my tongue hard. Like, I was, like, 11. He would be like, you're going to be my wing daughter. I don't want to get my dad, like, arrested, but. He thinks he thinks it's so funny that I talk about this. So yeah, just why was I telling you that? <laughs> I don't remember what. Oh well, cause <laughs> I do, I do. He would play raw dog comedy in the car while he was being gross. That was the point of me telling you that. Yeah, thank you for bringing it, bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> But that was the whole, so I knew all of their, I knew all of their stuff. I still know all of his, like, all the really main ones. I did this. I cupped my hand because I was thinking of the one where he talks about buying his wife titty implants and then he never gives them to her. And he's like, he says he rubs them on his face. Funny. But they are. I've heard, I have heard jokes that he does again and again in the same voice and I love them for that. But there's an interesting debate, right? Because, like, I also love the Ralphie May talk. I bring up, like, the same core. I obsess over stuff. One of my questions for you guys, too, is, like, is there anything you obsess over? Like, do you love to, like, learn specific things ever about comedy? I go through phases where I binge watch a lot of things. And I didn't know because I was a poet so many things about. I'm trying to keep track of time since we have a show. Since I was a poet, I didn't know a ton about comedy, but. I didn't know about like I didn't even know joke stealing existed literally until like a few months ago and I love true crime and then when I heard about that I went on a YouTube binge and I started watching stuff and I learned all about the Carlos Mencia thing and lately I've been on the Chris D'Elia like sex scandal thing and watching all those videos so I'm curious like if you ever if you guys ever watch that stuff and then like it's interesting too because there's a lot of very like stern opinions from big comics but they're they're opposite right like ralphie may's take on how he constructs his jokes is totally different than like what ron white does you know <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> yeah facts
But you also do pottery. Yeah. Do you study any pottery? Not just the devil's <laughs> lettuce. She makes pottery. <laughs> Yeah. Give you a recommendation. Can you use the quote? I I was about to be like, so would you say that comedy is a lot like throwing some shit on the wheel? Dude, you gotta. Yeah, yeah. I would say a t-shirt, but just out of respect, you gotta do a mug or a plate, like a Christmas plate. You throw some shit on the wheel, bro. Make a pin. You give it to all the. You sell it to the pottery people. Throw some shit on the wheel. Did Emma tell you that we're gonna start a band? Who? A, a, a Bart band. You can be in it if you want. And I, Emma has a harmonica, and I have a cello. I don't remember. That would be so perfect. No, I thought it would be really fun to just like, like that's cultural to film just like a heinous musical collaboration with no effort, but just stop like every 15 or 20 seconds and then tell like really poor one-liners like into, I have a battery operate. Yes. A battery operated mic now. And then she'll just harmonica too. Like, it'll be so dope and people will be really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to film it and just like, no, I play the harmonica. And then if you get anybody who's rude, you can just aggressively play the harmonica at them. Just like lean into it and just like. <laughs> yeah. You better bang on me. Yeah, we also know how to stay safe. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We're going to go throw down some harmonica bars outside the bars. So come support us doing comedy at bars. No, it's on. You have two <laughs> microphones like you're a politician, dude. You have multiple mics right now. Oh, yeah. I never... Question, what was it about the obsession? I asked... That's about... Can I answer your question? Yeah. I remember. I... <laughs> I... <laughs> Yeah, I what? Lean in closer. Just you, Can he hear you just now? You just like Helen Keller doesn't mean that you. It should be working. Oh, the, oh. No, these are the other ones. I'm turning up extra shit. Lean in now. Don't put your fingers that close. Whoa! Whoa! This is the same setup. Pan. <laughs> Come on. He hasn't been. Ready. Okay. Well, I have all of the mics. Oh, weird. Okay. Well, I'm just going to leave it tell, how it is. Yeah. Say, it again. Say all of it again. Um, we were talking about, let's see, what time? We have a, we have a little bit more time we can talk, you guys. Oh, yeah. He's in the chat. Oh, I didn't change anything, so something's going on then. No, no, no. Not right now. Not right now. You can use this one, too, if you want. That's, I don't know what's going on. Oh, wait. Are the chips leaning on the levels? Is that maybe? Yes. Hey, you guys. Week two is still less technically difficult than last week. I was... All right. 
Let's get into it. One time. Look, listen. So what I get obsessed <laughs> about is like I do. I obsess about like old comedians. Like you're saying, you don't do that. I do heavily, and I'm like I fucking I'll get on a fucking tangent with, with Don Rickles, you know, Robin Williams, and I always go back to the Bill Hicks mental breakdown where he starts screaming at the lady who screams back. He just fucking goes. Let me see. I don't know if and I Bill ever know off. Oh God. You might need to show. I should. I God, how have you not? Dude, I didn't even. So I used to make a joke. I know that this is wrong now. Nobody hate me for this. I used to say Kramer is my spirit animal before I knew what he did. You're canceled. And then, and then. Here's the deal. I gotta go. (laughs) And then Raphael was like, you have to stop saying that. And I was like, why? And he goes, watch this. (laughs) Wait, you had never seen that? I'd never seen it. Dude, I didn't know fire. that. No, I swear to God. I didn't know. I didn't know. I never, honestly, look, in popular opinion, I don't love the TV show Seinfeld, and I don't particularly love all of Seinfeld's jokes as much as everybody else. I appreciate him, but I just, and I love some of the advice he's given, but I'm not obsessed with him. I just recently watched Seinfeld. I did very much enjoy, like, the first season. This one came. Sorry, I'm just being dramatic. Like it was, it was, it was the worst thing I think I could have bought. Like, 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 wasn't great. It was not great. I lost the whole crowd. I said something probably insensitive, very insensitive, and not politically correct. And I lost the entire crowd. I think the the host was mad at me afterwards. Probably. Look, I've noticed something we should carry into the next conversation that we all have, but I've noticed that I think that as a white woman in comedy, if you're saying something that's potentially like rocky, right? The white people in the crowd always want to be the first to like scold you for it, you know? They want to be the first one on top of it. Yeah, but but like this is so I my pegging joke, right, it touches on like going to like it was a, a boutique, a sex boutique owned by two black lesbian ladies. It's a true story. And it really was hilarious. And at the end, they actually did thank me for supporting black business. But the context was so funny and there's nothing offensive about it at all, even in joke format. But people will get really weird when I mention it just because it has that context to it. And as soon as somebody who's not white thinks it's funny, it seems like everybody else is like, oh, it's okay. And it's weird. It's just like the presence of like a white girl or a white guy doing something. Like everyone wants to make sure they're not on yeah. the boat that sinks. <laughs> I have one joke. Like I'll just like tell part of the joke. Like I feel like I only talk about everything. And even that line, just I do it in front of like black people. But if you do it in a room of all white people, that gets really no reaction. So like, <laughs> and it has nothing. To do with it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that's. Yeah, that's facts. Let's we'll take a a walk down Hate Ashbury for people who are not. Not local, and we'll stream it live to the Instagram so you can understand. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, we're getting to the end of our time, so I think we're gonna we're gonna probably one more question. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
So I had what other questions did I have left? How do you interpret and prioritize the pressures comedians are under today in your own life? <laughs> like like digital content presence, like booking shows, networking, like all these different things that people say that that con- contradict each other, right? From like big names, all of that. <laughs> I'm just I'm like I hang out with people, have conversations. I I don't like I don't just like like my jokes talking to people. I don't have like an actual like, Yeah. So I guess that's my network. <laughs> I'm just talking to talking. Social media on the other hand is incredibly anxiety inducing. I hate having every few months I will go amount of people from my accounts because I just don't like that's not good we should get over that at some point that's part of why I think this podcast is going to get interesting because those topics are really fascinating and comedians although they're confident on stage a lot of comedians do not like social media and do not want to do it or any any part of PR right like it's just not most people's forte mark tried his best to smell like pee and marketing yourself online you should only do so if you got some hot shit to post that's not what we ain't got no problems i love this man i love this woman this has been so what are we doing this weekend what am i doing this weekend i meant to go to la and then i didn't want to do that so i actually don't have that much book this weekend oh wait fuck we're on the comedy crawl we are on the comedy crawl <laughs> i've had a couple of drinks we are comedy crawling this weekend and we have had we are i'm gonna be at barbary coast this coming friday come catch me i'm gonna be drunk you'll be smoking some weed <laughs> yeah uh you guys <laughs> thank you emma as they're we're all overstimulated. Hey, it's thirty dollars if you want to attend the crawl. There's still some tickets left, you guys. Or just show up. Just please come with us. If you buy a ticket though, you get a free t-shirt, which is dope. And there's five shows, it's two days. Mutinyradio.fm. If you're listening, it's the same site you're on right now. It would be cool to see. We gotta go. We got a show at Comet Club. I will see you guys next she is going to oh yeah you know what so the comedy crawl is this weekend and then mars bar is doing a drag show on the 28th so we got a big month and i pam is booking that so prom i asked pam i don't know what's happening i don't know who's booked yet it is mark is gonna show up with no underwear to the drag show have a good night everybody (laughs) (laughs) be pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it. Or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat.
All right. This has been Badgers and Jam, Episode 1, Season 1. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As I noted earlier, this show is presented by the Boat Rock Podcast Network. You can find a variety of shows with us, starting with Mondays at 4 p.m., where we have Dakota Price and Spencer Devine hosting the My Friends and Expert podcast. You can also find them live at mutinyradio.fm. More to come soon. Let's watch. My turn-ons are dancing in the dark, kissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Good to have you here. Good to have the audience here. We are streaming right now, as we always do every Sunday, on MutinyRadio.fm. Every Tuesday, every Tuesday, every 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we are on the greatest internet radio station ever. And also in beautiful San Francisco. You can't miss it. Check out the uh their website check out their station we are also a podcast you can download us every sunday at the acronym l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t and if you go to youtube and type in l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t you'll see a video version of the podcast geez carl what else about our podcast um well it comes in all sorts of assorted flavors just come on down and check out the selection you're gonna love these rooms it's hustling so we are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Most movie podcasts will spend two hours talking about a 90-minute movie. Not us. We Whoa. watch the entire movie. Whoa. We spend the two hours watching the movie. Right. So we want you to... It's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. It's not, what is it, meta, metadata? What do you call it? Meta... Meta humor? Let's, let's watch the film. That's what it's about. It's not a conversation about the f- people who had a podcast yeah. who watched the right. film. yeah. There's no, it's very liminal, is what you're saying. Not subliminal. Pop eats itself. Pop will eat itself. So we want you to watch this movie with the sound off and listen to the podcast or, you know, go to YouTube and watch the video. Everything is synced up. We're going to be watching, Carl, what are we going to be watching this week? Today, we are watching Brian's Song, 1971. Brian's Song, 1971. I don't need to help you with spelling of anything. But the 1971 is 1971. And the channel we like, it's the only one you're going to find. It's like Veteran Show, Vets Show. What is it? Yeah. I see V E T T S H O W 80. Vet Show 80. 80. Or Vets How 80. 
And it's all Rish. one word, and it's the only oh. channel you're going to find anyway. Brian's song. Brian's right. song. Not we the, want that version. We don't want the official YouTube version where you could buy no, it. No, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Ads and be out of sync with us. And go ahead and click Brian Song, nineteen seventy one, hosted by Vets Show eighty. Once this starts rocking, hit pause. Move the timer to zero zero zero. We are going to have a celebrity comedian come on, join us, talk a little bit about themselves, give you some time to set up the movie, and when they say go. We're all going to press go and watch the movie at the same time. I'm very excited about this one. Carl, you know this the premise Me of this too. podcast. These are movies I read about and never saw. And let me say, I read a lot about this movie, but I've never seen a single cell. So uh-huh. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, so Carl's got a celebrity comedian. He's our producer. Let's give it up for Carl. You could have uh, Carl, what's your Venmo? What? It's uh, at. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, don't. There is a Venmo. Don't give me money. Keep don't your money. Send send physical money to the station. That's yeah. <laughs> care of Carl. Listen, it's tough right. being rich. I don't recommend it. Do not Venmo me. It's yeah, it's, do not Venmo. We not, we're not giving out our Venmo. It's a burden. Listen, you, you, you're you itching with some Venmo money? Donate to the station at Mutiny Radio on Venmo. All right. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Give it to Mutiny. Give it to Mutiny. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Jim McVeigh. Welcome, Jim. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> now, you are a comedian extraordinaire. You are out there on the scene. Now, you're just back from Colorado. Tell us what the comedy scene's like out there. Is it very different? What's the contrast? Uh, well, uh... I was kind of in like the hood and the suburbs. I didn't do any like clubs downtown or anything. So. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But my buddy John Mags does uh, does some great shows. He's like filling rooms and doing you know some pretty cool alternative stuff. Uh, I know he's got like a private event at the International Church of Cannabis, and they get super <laughs> high in there. But I mean, the town is weird as. There's like a the Rocky Mountains in the back, majestic, and yet, you know, homeless people with catheter bags swinging around. Uh-huh. Well, you got to just glad I brought you on just to cheer up our audience. Talk about the comedy scene, and we're hearing about homeless with the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. So how is John Maggs doing now? He we, we know him from Scotty's. That's a place where you and I got to know each other. Uh, he went out there maybe two years ago, three years ago. How, how's he doing out there? You just said he's having great success with uh, being a producer. Well, yeah, he's hosting some shows. He's got a grandpa's house brewery and the International Church Comedy. That I mean, all the, the comics, the local people I met down there said he's got the best shows in town. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I guess maybe he was having trouble getting on stage and he decided to just, you know, put on better shows. And, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. His, his own. His jokes are fucking funny. He's just gotten way funnier. He's got like a really good following, and it, it, the community is is cool. I mean, I probably only met about like eight comics, but uh, between the couple shows, but mm-hmm. they were all really nice, really funny, different walks of life. So, you know, it's a little. It was refreshing, I guess. Now, I know that you're very serious about studying comics. That's why I see them all right there behind you. <laughs> Ha, ha. That was hilarious. Now, Jim, 
you took a bit of a hiatus from comedy for a short time. What, 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 what was that all about? And what brought you back to us? Uh, well, I'm super uncomfortable doing, uh, you know, this type of thing. So I, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I didn't want to do any of those virtual shows or, or anything people were doing during lockdown. And, uh, you know, just general depression and <laughs> uh, laziness and um but uh i don't know i just wanted to tell all the jokes that i've been writing hang out with the you and other, my other friends that i've you know made doing open mics over the years now that now okay so during that time in which you were taken off, you weren't inactive in terms of comedy because you've got this cartoon you're working on. It's a television show. It's a tell us about this robot. Tell us about the concept. Of, what, what are what are we going to see when this thing comes out? Uh, so, so uh, our buddy, you met him, uh, Daniel is Daniel Crow. He's a really funny guy from uh, yeah. Delaware. Who's always working, always, always on the road. Uh, got kind of you know dry <clears throat> sense of humor personality sometimes, and I always envisioned him like an emotionless android. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I developed this show. It's, he's a <laughs> he's an android that wants to learn how to do uh, stand up, uh, <laughs> to learn about emotions. So he goes from city to city doing uh, you know road work and. Uh, somehow ends up fighting a monster just about every episode but you know i worked really hard you know it's gonna be cool there's a nice uh story arc and ties into some other cartoons i did so it, it mm -hmm. should be funny you know every episode is gonna have you know feature a funny friend of ours um do a few jokes and um and then cool action scene my roommate and i make some cool music to it so you know if you like uh Offensive stand-up comedy and science fiction and horror and uh, you want to laugh and you know see some crappy animations I made then, then the show for you. <laughs> Who doesn't love it, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now the last thing I wanted to raise is something you'll object to. You won't appreciate me bringing it up, but I got to do it. I got to do it. We all know the Oklahoma City bomber, okay? Timothy McVeigh. Tim McVeigh. And many times when you've been brought up as Jim McVeigh, people make comments about Timothy McVeigh, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it is the perfect marketing opportunity for you to be named Jimothy McVeigh. What do you say? Come on, James. It's fair. I, you've been trying this for about eight years. <laughs> uh, I'll reconsider. I'm the... <laughs> You know the other comic, uh, the other Jim McVeigh from San Francisco? Yes, right, yeah. He's in the city now, so, you know, maybe it's not. Really? Yeah. Maybe I should pitch him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, so anyway, uh, about that cartoon, too, if you want yeah. to find it, it's uh, YouTube, Water Closet Cartoons with a K, not a C. Yeah. Water Closet Cartoons. And that's a channel on YouTube. Yeah, with a K. K-L-O-S-E-T, closet. Yeah, because apparently it's easier to Google search things that are misspelled. Listen, how can people uh, find you out there on the internet besides this YouTube channel, Water Closet Cartoons? Like, uh, 
follow you on Instagram, see what you're up to, what your social media handles. Tell us now how to know to, what's going on with Jim McVeigh. Uh, I mean, I don't really have much lined up besides just working on my set, um, work on the cartoon in the meantime. Mm -hmm. I guess you can follow my Instagram. It's Jim J McVeigh. And uh, I post pretty uh, irregularly. I think uh posted some of the Denver stuff in the last post for 2018. Uh-huh. Don't get too excited if you follow me. <laughs> okay. Way to get them going. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, thank you very much, Jim McVeigh. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home must press play on their device at the same time we do right here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Jim McVeigh, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, engage. Thank you, comedian, celebrity comedian, for your celebrity comedian countdown. Much appreciated. This is a TV movie, but we have the Columbia title screen. Yeah, that's right. That doesn't make sense. This was Screen Gems. Screen Gems. Oh, Screen Gems has that terrible outro. Do you remember that, that their their logo? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Rodney Asher made a short called The Best from Hell, if you ever want to check it out on YouTube. That's Screen Gems. The oh, Bears. Right. So are we in Chicago land? Yeah, we're in Chicago land, I guess. And we're going to the training camp of the Bears. It's the training camp of the the uh, Chicago Bears. And it wait, so we're not in Chicago land. Excuse me. Uh, here it is. Okay, St. Joseph's College, U.S. Highway two thirty one in Wheatfield, Indiana. Mm. And this is the Chicago Bears training camp. It's their real training camp. They look like cows in the field. Is he going to go tip a cow? <laughs> and here this comes... This is a real training camp. Yeah, it's their real training camp, and those are real players. And this is Billy J. D. Williams. Oh, great. Who is playing Gail Sayers. And he is right now meeting for the first time Brian Piccolo. Oh, he oh he Brian does is Brian's song on a piccolo? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Brian's song is on a little piccolo. Does he think it's ironic that it's his song and he, his last name is a musical piccolo. instrument? Piccolo, right. Now this this song, Brian's song, was a hit because the seventies were they were it was crazy. Yeah. Why would you but yes, a, a show a TV movie song became a big hit. Why don't you listen to it for a second? Because like that, uh -huh. Whenever said, I'm feeling kind of low and depressed, well, I asked you a question. Well, I you think said, about uh -huh. that you know, a lot of guys wouldn't have talked to me at all, but not you. You just said, uh huh, just like that, right out. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. You saw that joke coming. Now this writer is really a good in. writer, oh, but you saw that, that building over there. That's uh, that's where Alice is. Okay, you can mute it again. Okay. What I just wanted to show is that there's a rival between rivalry between these two men because they're competing for the same position. Okay, right. Now, what he does is is Piccolo fucks with Gale Sayers. He he tells him that the coach. Okay, the coach's name is Hal. Um, one moment. Yeah, it's it's Coach George Hollis. 
and Olive. and Piccolo is telling him that he's he you got to stay on the side of his good ear. Okay, he's deaf in one ear. I think it's the left. 